Baby Yoda won't stop terrorizing this poor frog family. This is Mando Spoilers. Mando Spoilers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is your host, Stevie. And today, we have a full boat, and we are covering episodes three and four of Disney's amazing series, The Mandalorian. Let's go from Isis to Isis, and um, let's go out and say, what's your favorite part of episode three? George? I'm the Isis? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a time. Okay, yeah, this is Josh from Goshen. Um, you said this is episodes three and four. Just to clarify, that's three and four of the second season, which is actually chapters 11 and 12, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. Um, okay, and my favorite part is probably how Baby Yoda plays with his food. And by that, I mean the siblings of the eggs that he murdered last episode. He, like plays all innocently with their siblings that have hatched and are now like trying to grow so presumably he's grooming them to be like fattening them up for the slaughter to eat later <laughs> is all i can imagine a true psycho <laughs> uh mikey recording from goshen indiana and i like the little teaser of uh the dark saber bokatan asked that pilot about i don't know the history of the Darksaber, but we saw it that one time from Moff Gideon, and I want to see Mando swinging that thing around uh, later in the in the season. Alright, this is uh, Superhero Correspondent PK, recording from South Bend, Indiana, and uh, my favorite part as a Clone Wars fan was the Ahsoka Tano name drop. I had like shit my pants a little bit, so <laughs> yeah, that was cool. You're an easy fan to please, PK. They just said Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> like, they said it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I knew she was supposed to be in this season, too. Which, but still, didn't expect that. Very cool. For sure. Uh, this is Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. Um, fair part of episode three was at the beginning, uh, when their ship is making the, the crash landing into like the harbor thing and there's this mon calamari and his face is just kind of watching it this ship crash down <laughs> towards the the ocean and he just kind of like looks at it with this disgust after it like crash lands in the harbor that that was cracking me up <laughs> this is Corey, also known as kylo ren memes from simi valley california uh pappy i was gonna actually say the same thing as kind of like the funny moment that really caught my eye in this episode but uh, i guess i'll go with my actual favorite part which is the um mandalorians uh taking over this freighter the big action scene of the episode it's just so fucking cool man the blue mandalorians the night the blues blue guys female mandalorians (laughs) and one dude and one dude (laughs) (laughs) oh well I gotta say my favorite part. It's actually my least favorite part, and it's so petty to point out. Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce Dallas, directed this episode, and this episode contains something that drives me nuts in TV and in movies, and that's where <clears throat> the camera focuses in on a character we're probably gonna get to know soon, and then when our main character looks over in that direction, they disappear with the crowd. 
I think that is the single biggest waste of time you can possibly have on screen. Well, plus the reality of, of a shot like that is that the person like so ducks stupid. real quick, which is always silly to think about. <laughs> Trip over some garbage cans and fall onto the street. <laughs> It'd be hilarious, yeah, to see a fail of someone scurrying away like a half second too late, just in the middle of the hallway. I mean, there's a lot of that in the movie Halloween, which I always think about. Like, he just ran away real quick. Like, he can't disappear. <laughs> he, like, scampers. <laughs> I, was that hidden, that person that we saw, Stevie? That's not the female Mando who shows up later, is it? Is that somebody? It's one of them. It is? Okay. Yes. Kind of the most badass one. It's the one that dives underwater and gets Baby Yoda out of that uh, Sarlacc-looking water bug. Yeah, very impressive doing that. Yeah. Um, this episode was kind of, Pappy kind of mentioned to me earlier today, it kind of felt like a video game mm-hmm. and a tad like questy where it's like, go to the inn and meet this person. And you meet this person at the inn. You're going to go meet this person. Pat, did that bother you at all or did you like that? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's like four quests in Skyrim that kind of have the exact <laughs> same plot. You meet someone at an inn, you agree to help them, and then you end up being like a pirate slash bandit type character and betraying you for something valuable that you have. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. It's, it's very much Mando adventure of the week fair and i think we talked about it last week that like we haven't spent a lot of time on boats in star wars and the fact that they were saying you know it's a couple hours sailing i got kyle i don't think that they've ever like i've never heard the term like sailing used in star wars before no man i I was thinking about the exact thing you said when they were on the ship i was like oh fuck (laughs) they're on a ship you can be on a ship there's water in star wars (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about Mikey last episode where you were like, man, I just want to see different landscapes like a jungle. I mean, I was like, when they pulled up to that port and it looks like fucking like Seattle or something, I was like, yo, this is something we've definitely <laughs> never seen in Star Wars mm-hmm. before. Space Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> As we learned in Turner and Hooch and a lot of other movies, like anyone that wants to like take your deal down to the docks, give you minimal information... Uh, you might want to look out and like admiral akbar is like the only good thing to come out of this system i swear these guys are turds these like squid who are these guys the davy jones pirates who are they Corey? Corey probably knows they're like race they're cthulhu monsters (laughs) finally yeah got the cthulhu from lovecraft country i've been waiting for but like how stupid is it that it's like the brother of the one. Well, I think they're all brothers. Yeah. I think they're all like spawned from the same <laughs> mass of eggs that some some trout same eggs jerked off on or something. Oh my god. <laughs> I had that same thought. No, but these are like these are like the single worst pirates ever. Because a normal pirate would carry a gun. <laughs> And the fact that, like, when they put Mando, like, underneath that cage, like, in the pit, they're like, hit him with your pitchforks! It's all we have! (laughs) Didn't love that part. But, Kylo, as our official Star Wars aficionado, what did we learn this week that's mind-blowing to Mando? Well, he finds some other Mandalorians, which is what he's been looking for. He... Obviously, he needs to find Jedi, and he thinks that other Mandalorians will have some info on Jedi, which it turns out he's correct about. But uh, the big reveal in this episode is Bo-Katan and her small crew, the Night Owls, like uh, PK said. He meets up with some other Mandalorians, and of course he gets a quest in typical The Mandalorian fashion, but uh, they're not the same as him. 
They, they don't have the <laughs> same like exact rituals. Yeah, it's like the evangelicals versus the Baptists. They got these different sects in here, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out he's more like a, the Scientologists of Mandalorians. Like, they're kind of like the outcast cult. He's like the Amish of the Mandalorians. They're, that's better, yeah. They don't even take off their helmets. It's how ass-backwards they are. Barn raising a Mandalorian scene. Can't wait for it. Corey, for those of us who aren't nerds, what is like the significance of Bo-Katan? Who is she? Well, I'll let PK take a lot of it, but the short answer is that she's in The Clone Wars and Rebels. The last time we saw the Darksaber was in her hands, by the way. You saw it with her in that show, not like anything else. In Rebels, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Bo-Katan is like... Her family has been like in charge of Mandalore for a long time, and her actual Clone Wars story, I don't go into it too much, because I know you guys are about to potentially start going through that and putting episodes out for that. Um, but her sister was the Duchess of Mandalore and kind of ruled, and she was trying to bring in this new peaceful generation, and she was actually a love interest to young Obi-Wan, and uh, Bo-Katan was trying to keep it more of the like warrior ways of the Mandalore and all this stuff. And eventually Darth Maul kills her sister. And they, it's it's kind of a long story, but long story short, like Kylo Meme said, uh, she ends up with the Darksaber and becomes like the Lady of Mandalore. And she is the last person we see with the Darksaber before we see Moff Gideon with it at the end of Season 1. So... Her coming She's into this show heir and apparent, merging, you might say. Yeah, merging these two Star Wars stories and universes together is like a huge deal. So hmm. hopefully that'll kind of answer your question, Mikey. Maybe I should start watching that show. Well, I think that's interesting because there's a ton of backstory, like a lot of world building that's rich there. But Pappy was saying before we started recording that he had trouble like remembering details from this episode do you think they kind of fell into that trap a little bit or something this episode it wasn't exciting for you pap i mean i'm a super casual star wars person the only media i've consumed outside of like the nine films are the holiday special which we did a (laughs) podcast on and now the mandalorian (laughs) so this is i i I don't know like i it felt like i was kind of missing out on a lot of things that were like uh, my level of Star Wars, Star Wars knowledge. I, Stevie, we're like on the same boat. I mean, did you did you track what was happening in this episode? I had a hard time. Not necessarily. I mean, I kind of wish they would keep Rebels or whatever happens in Clone Wars somewhat separate for this show. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because now I'm going to go watch those shows to see how it crosses over. And I'm sure I'll love it. But <clears throat> the one thing I don't like that this episode does, even the fourth episode does, is when it comes to shows like these and, like, like the Mandalorian is our main character. We're not taking side episodes. Like, he is the main person, and we learn as we go with him. Like, I don't like it how they've shown Moff Gideon so much, like, without his knowledge. Hmm. That's, like, one thing that bothers me. I think it's, like, the one actual misstep this show has made so far is like constantly showing Moff Gideon without Mandalorian's knowledge. I don't know if anybody else feels that. I way. do feel a bit jarred when we leave his point of view, which we see some of in episode 12, which is the one we haven't got to yet. 
But uh, it, it's strange to me to not be at his point of view, for sure. I have one other note on episode three of the season, Stevie. And that the frog lady, her husband, thought it was a really missed opportunity to make him something wild and unexpected. Could he have been like a 25 foot, like, toad looking ugly mass? Or just some. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he was just so. Just not a replica of his wife, is what you're saying. Yeah. And then they just, like, went happily ever after, minus the f- three plus that Yoda murdered. But, like, I don't know. I, th- I thought something weird or dark could have happened with that storyline. And it they played it really straight. I thought so, too. And, Mikey, to end this episode, I mean, there's a giant firefight. And what's kind of going on? Like, we see Moff Gideon again. And what do you think, like, his endgame is so far, like, in this episode? Uh, well, I think he's just kind of, like, building up uh, an army, I guess, like, in secret with the Empire? I I don't know. There seems to be, like, a lot of secret bases still under operation for the Empire that not a lot of people know about. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he's in charge of them. And I guess he knows that Mando is alive i mean of course he probably does but i don't think mando has no idea that he's alive and i think mov gideon is now on the hunt for mando just kind of hunting him down and i think he has like a tracker in his spit in his uh ship now after some repairs so he's definitely got the upper hand on him mando doesn't know it yeah we get the uh the hologram of moff gideon in episode three and titus welliver what an awesome dude he goes out a very noble way. He <laughs> bites his teeth extra hard and he dies, uh, which is an awesome idea for the future. Futuristic um, cyanide. <laughs> was it like a, something out of yeah, something out of Dune where he had like a pill or something <laughs> in his mouth? The man with a tan. Stevie, I have a question for you about Moff Gideon. Yep. I feel like, like I said that earlier, I, th- I feel like we were on the same level of Star Wars knowledge. What did? What do you watch The Mandalorian for? Adventure of the Week or any kind of like overarching story question? This is where it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm kind of at a crossroads with the show. I mean, I still love it. It's my favorite show on TV right now. But I don't like it because we'll get into it with episode four. Like, it's overarching story, like two episodes back to back. I understand if people think like, episode of the week is filler but to me that's the fun part Mm -hmm. i mean honestly it's like a different movie each week there's so many different stories you can tell i think going to moff gideon two episodes in a row and not spacing them like you could have put this episode maybe in five or six i don't think you need to go back to back with it in three and four but like i'd rather get episode of the week than overarching each week Mm -hmm. i hope they got something held back more than Moff Gideon and maybe they're getting ready to like uh peak his climate like peak his story arc sooner I mean if he ends up being the ultimate bad another season maybe that wouldn't be as good is that kind of what you're saying Stevie like well yeah but I mean as I said like the Star Wars universe is infinite there's so many Mm -hmm. different places you can go 
And I think just to stay in that bubble of like Moff Gideon buildup isn't all that exciting to me. In terms of like the actual story that's like moving, like almost like virtually nothing kind of happens in these two episodes. Like, and at the end of episode two, Mando knew that he needed to find a Jedi. At the end of episode four, his ship is better, <laughs> and he now still knows he needs to go find a Jedi. You know what I mean? The only thing that's really changed is like the condition of his ship over the course of two episodes, which I'm totally down with. But yeah, I- I'm with you. Like, more of Baby Yoda connecting the wires, less of I don't know, oh whatever the dark God. saber is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he keeps getting roped into quests, and then the quests end up being about the overarching arc of like the whole show. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is that things are going to build up, maybe not even this season, but eventually with like all the friends he's made along the way and allies for some kind of, you know, epic Avengers style showdown where they have to finally take down Moff Gideon and whatever forces he's creating that we get teased at the end of the next episode. I would love that, especially if Bill Burr was there. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting he was in the show. I would love that, but... Uh, yeah, at the end of this episode, Bo-Katan tells, uh, the Mandalorian where to go. And, Pap, kind of on your note earlier about when he puts the ship in the water and he tells that guy to fix it up. I love it when he leaves and the guy just goes, I'll put fuel in it. Like, I absolutely love that line. Um, but speaking of adorableness... Episode four, PK, how awesome was the intro with Baby Yoda and Mandalorian? Oh my gosh. Um, yes, it was awesome. Like the the fact that he's like like why would they make the ship like that where he can't access <laughs> that part of the ship because it seems like it's something crucial that they need. But the fact that he's like trusting a fifty year old baby <laughs> that can't communicate very well <laughs> to try to connect these and he clearly has no clue what he's doing as your superhero correspondent it reminded me a lot of baby group yes and guardians volume two and it was fucking awesome and the fact that he, you know he like actually zapped himself and he coughs and there's the smoke and like the puppetry <laughs> in that scene was awesome with baby yoda but it's great physical comedy one thing that i love is that i get the sense that like if baby Yoda could just like focus in for like two seconds, he could easily do any of the tasks, but he's like <laughs> such a space head. He's just like, he's so like enthralled with every little thing. He can't possibly like focus on a blue wire and a red wire. And something else, Stevie too. I think like, like I said, I'm a very star Wars casual. My fiance is as even, I've seen like maybe one star Wars movie and like walking by, whatever baby yoda's on it's like she'll stop in her tracks and like watch like the scene you know what i mean like baby yoda hits it like even like a lower common denominator of like i think anyone can just sit and watch baby yoda do stuff and it's just fucking adorable all day it's funny you say that because my wife found the first episode of mandalorian somewhat boring where i thought it was amazing and what really hooked her into the show was baby yoda then eventually it was like yeah we got to watch every episode but, <clears throat> Pap, Mandalorian is not going to be able to get to the Jedi planet he needs to get to without a few repairs. <laughs> We're going to go meet some old friends. Who do we meet? 
We meet uh, Arrested Development's Carl Weathers yes. and uh, Gina Carano uh, in her last episode, presumably, <laughs> of The Mandalorian. So, <laughs> very exciting. Can you expand on that? What's the controversy? I don't, I don't fully know for sure. It sounds like um, she was... It stemmed from someone noticing that she didn't have her pronouns in her profile and it evolved into her making an account on a site called Parlor, which has been sort of a harbor for people who have been expelled, like from sites like Reddit, like slash R slash the Donald people kind of gathered on that site. So a very kind of conservative, maybe even conservative conspiracy theory-esque site. Hard alt-right. Yeah, I don't... (laughs) I don't know if she's been publicly condemned technically by the Walt Disney Corporation, but I mean, I don't know, Stevie. Did it, you get, knowing Disney, it doesn't. Like, she's on thin fucking ice. Yeah, and especially because I don't think Dis like this show. Like no one watches this show just for Gina Carano. So, no, no, and she's also runs very slow in this episode. It was appalling at one point. She's got her simp grade, though. I mean, there's, there's, she's got her fans. Wait a second. I gotta call Stevie out. What? Last year, when the first, stu- when the first stuff about the pronouns came out, you were convinced that this was her like PR team. Not last couch. year. This is like a month ago. <laughs> last <laughs> it year. Seems like, seems like years ago. And 2020 na- is doing things now, to the brain of yours, Josh. <laughs> I, think, I think you are confusing this because the pronouns thing happened a while ago. And more recently, she's been saying like something like racism in America is a myth. Something, Raci- Dude, she liked a tweet that said racism <laughs> in America is a myth. That's messed up. Mm-hmm. That is so <laughs> messed up. If, I thought she was going for the whole, you know, turn heel for attention, then go quiet, and then be on Star Wars and people love her again. And then that didn't happen. She just went full-blown OAN out there stuff that's incredibly offensive. And I think to, like, PK's point, I I think he's the one that said that. It's it's just, she's not worth it. You know what I mean? No. Some of her lines in this episode were so, like, not cringy, but just like, like Generic. for example, like when she pulls up that ship that they hijack, she's like, "Are you gonna get in or what?" Like, like just the way she said it's just like, God, like that's that's it. Like, or they're pinned down, it's and- not convincing at all, and just mm-hmm. it's just not the greatest acting. Yeah, we're like when they're pinned down with Horatio Sands, he's like, "We're not gonna make it." And Gina Carano just goes, "Is that so?" And literally <laughs> runs. Runs two miles an hour over to a gun. It painfully slow. But, um, Josh, what's kind of the overall mission of this episode once we get to Navarro? The mission is thinking about why they didn't spend the entire episode with Yoda in the cl- baby Yoda in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> right? We just learn about the planets and the systems. Just a write-off episode. So- just nothing advances in the plot. <laughs> Mando just comes back all beaten up, <laughs> and we spent the whole time with Baby Yoda. Can I actually talk about that a little bit, Stevie? Because Have at it, it man. finally dawned on me, and maybe I'm just slow to picking this up, but Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. Remember, he's like all like wily about food and like stealing mm-hmm. Luke's snacks and like tearing <laughs> his granola bars apart and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that like I love that aspect they're bringing to Baby Yoda and like expanding it and like 
so much of what he does and thinks about just comes back to food. And they got these, what PK calls macaroons, what I call teal Oreos. And he force pulls them off of a neighbor student's desk and starts chowing down. And there's like nothing that student can do about it. It's pretty amazing. It's like the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. That that kid is disgusting the way he's eating those macaroons. (laughs) Got the spit bubbles, yeah. Yeah. Also loved it. Like everybody's been waiting for Baby Yoda to do these profound things with the Force powers, and he just the the first time he uses it this season is to fucking steal some teal Oreos slash macaroons from this jerk kid who won't give him any. Do you like that PK? That like because I mean. In the first season of The Mandalorian, it was kind of like, how is Baby Yoda going to save Mando now? And they've really pulled back from that. I think, I mean, I don't mind it. I I, I like The Mandalorian being badass and getting mm-hmm. himself out of situations himself. But uh, I think they're hopefully building towards, you know, him doing something better and, and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think Baby Yoda knows exactly what he's doing either. So it's, mm-hmm. it's he's still got a lot to learn, and he knows obviously he has these powers, but I think he doesn't know when or how to use them correctly yet. Until he's like, it's like he's pushed up against a wall, and he's like, it's like a fight or flight type thing. Like that's how it seemed like in the first season. He can grab those teal Oreos with like thousand year old buddhist monk levels of like concentration that people would like live and die lifetimes to try to attain and at the same time he can't like plug the blue wire into the red port and it's (laughs) it's beautiful (laughs) i also like that he's kind of have developing like a little voice he's here here making more like actual audible sounds now instead of like coos and shit like he he's i don't know if we'll ever hear him like speak words like yoda did but he's definitely starting to like have a voice and will he talk like yoda or like a normal person who knows hopefully he's not an idiot like yoda was (laughs) 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 i like how uh mando's kind of like loosening up around him just kind of like lifting up his helmet and baby yoda's getting a peek just a little bit I want to. I want to see that Pedro Pascal mustache peeking out from underneath that Mando helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Bo-Katan and and the other Mandos got to him a little bit, and I think eventually he's going to start loosening up on his religious zealot ways. I think so too. Oh, even the Mandalorians have an Amish sect. But Pappy. What do you think of the action in this episode? Because I think this is one of the more action-packed episodes that we get, uh, we've had in a long time. Uh, do you think Carl Weathers did a good job with directing? Yeah, I thought he did an excellent job. I mean, it feels like to me, it felt like some OT classic, you know, Star Wars action. You know, obviously aided by having you know the classic stormtroopers and mm-hmm. um, Empire. Uh, I don't know what you call them, generals or whatever there but yeah a lot of like humor too with the people following some like uh some like almost remixed wilhelm screams it sounded like someone like was doing an impression of a wilhelm (laughs) scream at one point which i thought was awesome i noticed that too but yeah i thought in terms of like an actual action too you know it, it it is very earnest i don't i'll be honest i don't know if i really 
under I, it's a lab, right? Uh, that's what's happening, and they're, and they're trying to grow force-sensitive beings in this lab. I don't really know if I understand the premise of why they're there again, but like seeing them Were there they is cool. Failed Palpatines. Is Snoke inside there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Snoke's in there. Dang. That sucks, though, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) This is the real Snoke, though, and Mando. The one that doesn't get chopped in half almost immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To expand on what you were saying, Pappy, like, I I gotta also say, like, I love how A New Hope this whole sequence is in terms of them trying Mm -hmm. to destroy the base, like, the the control panels without railing, mm-hmm. you know, ducking behind corners, shootouts with stormtroopers, and even to the point where they're in a literal trench run at the end, and then the Han Solo-esque figure swoops in and saves their ass. It's got such nostalgia feels for me, and it was awesome. This is episode four of the season, and the whole pl- this whole planet is on the line. That's the kind of stakes we're talking about here. Can we take a moment to appreciate, like, Star Wars like sound effects. Oh yeah, yes, like, they're just so yeah. good. Like like for like a small one that comes to mind is when they shut down the reactor. Just a, mm. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. And then like the Tie Fighters and and all that is so cool. And like the action when he shoots the one down and all of a sudden he's like he kind of shuts the engines yes. down and does like a full on one eighty and then like that I love. I've talked about this on the pod. Like I love action scenes with no music. They like cut the music out on that, and like you hear that click of like the thing like locking back into place, and then he just fucking launches it. It's so cool. I'm with you. The sound of the Tie Fighters is like an all time great sound effect, but I don't want to skip over the M. What is it? M count or whatever. Like Kylo, the reason that that sucks is I don't want to think about the sequel trilogy at all <laughs> ever again. And if it's if this is literally going to be, this is the, like the, that was like one of like this, or, you know, the same sort of experiment that's ended up leading to the Snokes. Like, again, it's going to be so small world. Like, I would assume that there'd be lots of like failed experiments and efforts trying to get things going. I would hate it, fucking hate it if that's like Palpatine or like literally Snoke they're trying to grow. I, I don't well, know. Well, it probably is. So get ready to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm ready. But they, they did, they did a, prequel and sequel call in one fell swoop there when they said the m count which obviously is midichlorian count which is a prequel term exclusively i believe so stupid the mcdonald's count how many mcdonald's are in this this system (laughs) (laughs) what is the like room that moth gideon's in at the end with all like the darth vader robots on the wall like what what is that thing clones of him well, obviously, they don't tell us, so we can only speculate. Um, some people on uh, in comment sections that I've seen are saying they're like these like really high-powered droids that are from Legends that are actually good. Because, <laughs> you know, most droids in the, <laughs> in the prequels and stuff are really weak. Um, some other people are saying they're like Force-sensitive clones. So, I don't know what That'd they'll be, be cool. but... Cool. Those are some... Yeah, I've heard somebody say the term Dark Trooper... Which is apparently, yeah, like something like you said, like a more powerful, like clone slash droid slash stormtrooper, which would be pretty intense. I mean, especially if we're going to get like a dark saber and shit like that, we're going to, they're going to need something more powerful to, to deal with enemies like that. Plus, Ahsoka is going to need some fodder when we see her, you know, she's going to need to kill some 
someone that look is probably going to be overtaking Mando, and she'll come to the rescue. We'll see if that plays out. I think she's going to co- show up next episode because I've I've seen that Dave Filoni. It's like the only episode of the season that's not written by John Favreau is I think episode five, which is written by Dave Filoni, who created Clone Wars. And if you haven't seen Clone Wars, Ahsoka Tano probably one of the best characters in the star wars universe and she's got such a cool arc so like i'm very excited to see how that turns out into the live action so feloni was the one that drew uh katie sackoff to look exactly like uh this mandalorian <laughs> like they i've seen the cartoon of katie uh, yeah of that character and it's like one to one one to one does the voice too for for the oh. The That's awesome. animated yeah. uh, character too, which yeah. So I think I think that was the end game, you know. Like hopefully someday they'd be able to do what they did in episode three, which I think for him, for her, I think it's super cool because a lot of people, yeah, like they recognize her right away from just the voice. Yeah, I've seen all of Battlestar Galactica, and I barely recognized her in this episode, which is crazy. But I would I would love to know, Stevie, do you like how they're treating? Like Rebel Alliance, uh, Y Wing guys as like old town, good old boy Andy Griffith sheriffs like around town. I don't understand it. Um, is that the same guy we got from episode two? Yeah, I think he's the one that's like, these are trying times. <laughs> It's dangerous here in the West. Um, I don't know. I, lo- I love it for some some reason. I don't get it. I mean, I understand. I don't know. I, the reason I think that last scene like even happened with Cara Dune is just to get Gina Carano off the show. And she's like, I'm not a joiner, Blue. And like three episodes from now, when uh, Carl Weathers is making a stew, Mando's going to go, hey, where's Cara? <laughs> He's going to be like, oh, she was a joiner. And that's going to be that. And then she dies in space battle. So never be seen again. <laughs> this is going to be narrated. And uh, Carl Weathers is just going to be talking. And Cara Dune's ship is just going to explode in space. And that'll be it. <laughs> that'll be the last we ever hear. I don't her. think so, but we'll see, I guess. You think we'll see more? I did like that scene, yeah. though. Like, that guy, the guy, like, he's a good actor. I think he... he brought some good emotion to that scene you know just being very like um empathetic with her and and you know because alderaan you know like if you like it fucking blew up so i think it's it's cool that you know they shared it the trauma and you know it was just a cool moment seeing the rebel medal or whatever that was that he gave her i thought that was cool it is kind of uh i i don't know if tone deaf's the right word you know did you lose anybody when your whole fucking home planet blew up, like, yeah, dude, I lost a couple people. When my planet you know, blew up. Came out pretty clean on that one. Yeah, yeah. We were all on vacation. You know what? It was crazy. <laughs> my whole Facebook friend group gone. <laughs> Not one remaining contact. Spacebook. Spacebook. Nice. Good. <laughs> so I guess I'll throw it out to the group. Um, where do you guys think it'll go from here? Like, do you think Mando will continue kind of this Moff Gideon story in and out, or do you think we'll get Adventure of the Week next week? Because he, we have the 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 beacon in his ship, 
So I wonder if they're going to hit that immediately or just wait a few episodes. I'm going to predict that Mando is going to arrive somewhere. Either he will need their help or they will need his help and he will participate in an adventure that will facilitate <laughs> him getting to the next planet. <laughs> he will earn exactly 1,000 experience points and level up and acquire a yeah. new piece of gear. <laughs> he will unlock a new world that he can fast travel to at any time if he needs to go back. Does anybody know how many episodes in this, like, uh, how many episodes this season will be? Eight? I think it's eight again. I think this will be the episode then he loses Baby Yoda. Don't say that. <gasps> oh my god. Wherever he goes, the baby goes. I think the stakes are going to change real hard. Because you have an episode where you're showing them bonding. He He's repeatedly saying, wherever he goes, I go. And I think this is where Baby Yoda's going to fall in the hands of someone real sinister. I say we, we get the dark troopers that take baby yoda and then we get ahsoka tan or whatever her name is to come help mando and get him back that's how we've tied all of those theories together i i think i, I think he'll get to corvus is the planet that bo katan tells him to go to to find ahsoka and i think he'll arrive there in the next episode and i think we'll get ahsoka at the very end of the like yeah i, I could see that happening stevie where something happens to baby yoda and i think it would make the show like obviously that would kind of take away from the adventure of the week but Mm -hmm. you know it would bring a lot more emotional weight to this show if he actually gets taken for more than one episode and it's actually like you gotta go fucking rescue baby yoda i i want to give my answer but i also want to ask a question in part of that do you guys think that baby yoda will die because he is not in the sequels, not mentioned. Is he on his own separate planet doing his own thing, or is he done for? He sacrifices himself for Mando. I think he'll become the next Mandalorian. I don't know. I never even thought of that as a possibility. <laughs> now you said it, I could, I could, like, I don't think they would do it, but I could see that happening. Corey, how old would he, would Baby Yoda be in the sequels if he were alive or whatever? Like 90 or something? Yeah, he'd be like not that much older. So he'd be saying like complete sentences? Yeah, is that like adolescent Yoda? Is that <laughs> Yoda? That's rumspringa Yoda? Oh, that's true. He'd be like, he'd be like a teenager. He wouldn't want to like get involved in all that. He just wants to like make his music or whatever. He wants to play games. <laughs> hang with the boys. <laughs> oh, Pat, did you have something you were going to say earlier? I feel like I don't know. If you take off if you take away Baby Yoda Stevie, how much longer could the show go without seeing Pedro Pascal's face? You know what I mean? Like don't you gotta if if we don't have the expressions and the emotion of Baby Yoda, like it's gonna be a cold fucking show if we can't see Mando's face at that point. Yeah, but also like do you remember waking up at Josh's parents' house when we were younger? And either riflemen or gun smoke would constantly be on. The smell of bacon. <laughs> the smell of bacon, gun yeah. smoke, or the rifleman would be on. A bowl of popcorn seeds on the floor. I would just look at it like that. Like, you know, what's the Mandalorian up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I track the analogy, but yes, I agree. <laughs> 100%. I don't know. Oh. Pe- Stevie, 
last season, you one of the big quotes that I remember is you saying that Disney didn't know what they had in they Baby didn't. Yoda. And I they think had no now, clue. I think now they do, obviously, and I think I think they're willing to throw a lot of things in this stew. <laughs> like I don't oh, think it's Bubba. gonna be Whoa. I think the scale's gonna be big. I think they're gonna like continue doing canon changing events. Well if I'm like a merchandise director for Disney, I'm making for sure that nothing happens to Baby Yoda. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like John Favreau clearly like superseded them when he didn't have the Baby Yoda merch in time for Christmas last year. So like I don't know how much the marketing merch guys have power, you know? It it, it took him twenty one films to kill Iron Man, believe me. Nothing's happening to Baby Yoda. <laughs> um but for the audience listening at home, I was in Disney World pre-pandemic, and this is after The Mandalorian had already come out. I was scouring all the parks looking for anything Baby Yoda or a Mandalorian, and they had nothing. That's like, <clears throat> that's why I said I don't think they had a clue of what they had. But um, you guys have any other thoughts on this app? Anything I missed? Anything you want to discuss? Carl Weathers slapped hands hard with Mando, just like in Predator. Did you see that? I saw. It was in there. Forearm shake. Check out our Predator podcast. <laughs> <laughs> how do you? How do you guys? Uh, how, how are you guys feeling about like the the carousel of like directors that they and even like giving the actors a a, a turn at it? Like, I think it's pretty cool because then you get like groupthink instead of just one person's soul vision i think that can get kind of cloudy with the. from what i understand it's pretty typical of tv shows to operate that way like the showrunner and the writers have most of the control when it comes to tv show productions i believe if kevin smith is to be believed but i think what's different is like having i I don't know what 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 list celebrity you'd call bags dallas howard and carl weathers but i mean like to have them (laughs) guest spot as directors adds like a level of intrigue i guess like a meta kind of level like i'm interested to see kind of to stevie's point he asked you know how do you how did i think carl weathers did i was watching this episode saying how is carl weathers as a director i I don't know if it's distracting but i feel like it's interesting i look forward to seeing seeing people in those different roles this is 13th director credit like how much control i don't know it's almost like a feather in Carl Weathers' cap that he's the director, and I question at this point how much that means they're directing versus how... You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, because some of these action scenes, like those have to be planned out way before. They were working on those CGI effects a long time ago. It's like Carl Weathers probably didn't have input into what the speeder bikes were doing going down the mountain. Speeder bikes were so cool. That was the best part. That 45 seconds of them flying down. When those were going sick. down the <laughs> mountain, I got yeah, hyped. Yeah, that should be a video game. Yeah. That'd be cool. They crashed. Like, like they're still not graceful. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's that's against a nice touch, really. Two of the five, yeah, just out of commission before the battle even starts. I mean, seeing Carl Weathers, like, on the gun control was, like, some Han Solo shit, like, when he's like, I got one, I was thinking, great kid, now don't get cocky. Mm-hmm. Don't get cocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't think anybody mentioned, I saw, where you posted something on Instagram about it, the 
the homage of from Bryce Dallas Howard to her father Ron Howard about like the Apollo 13 there's like an episode 3 chapter 11 they have like when they're entering the atmosphere there's like three or four shots like right in a row of, it's like somebody put a side by side of Apollo 13 and and the scene from Mando and it's like shot for shot almost exactly the same and it's it's pretty cool to see it is yeah there's a little homage uh, to Bryce Dallas Howard in Solo. Uh, Ron Howard got her the job by directing this movie. That's oh. a slight little homage, too. <laughs> That's a nice homage. Just a good callback. Jeez. I'll do the movie if my daughter gets to direct more Disney TV shows. It's a little homage there. Why do you hate Bryce Dallas Howard? I love Bryce Dallas Howard. Me too. I've never said anything against <laughs> <laughs> it's Bryce Dallas slash Carl Weathers directing this episode with a strong John Favreau right on their right shoulder, just kind of maneuvering them about. <laughs> Carl Weathers making sure things go on all right. And John Favreau is clawing <laughs> Carl Weathers' hand and writing words for him. <laughs> just <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> I love you, Mikey. <laughs> and you got yourself a stew. Um, <laughs> let's go Weesis to Esis and do our yes or no's. Uh, Kylo, let's start with you. Yes. This is Corey Kylo Ren memes. It's a yes on both. This series is phenomenal. Uh, it, like I said, it felt so Star Wars in this most recent episode because of the uh, the parallels and similarities. Uh, the end of the episode was a little bit of dread, which kind of got me excited, actually. With Mandalorian being tracked, it just gets me on all fronts. The show looks great. It is great. It's fun. It's a it's a true Star Wars show, and it's it's great to see that Disney is doing something so well with Star Wars right now, and it's like pretty much universally loved. I really like that. Uh, yeah, hard yes to both um, episodes. I think if we are we are halfway through season two, and I think that season two was even. So far, it seems to be stronger than season one, um, which was a really impossible feat. Just, I mean, hats off to John Favreau. Um, he's doing everything that Kathleen Kennedy didn't do for the sequel trilogy of movies and providing just the right amount of input and guidance uh, to the series. I, I love it. I look forward to Mando every week. Kylo uses the word, you know, hitting on all fronts. I, I think that's kind of like the secret sauce of the Mandalorian. Like that's what makes it so phenomenal that people with, you know, PK, Kylo, super nerd, Star Wars forum level knowledge can appreciate it. And my fiance, who's never seen a Star Wars movie can appreciate it. That's, that's fucking magic right there. That's really hard to do. So looking forward to the next one and the next podcast. Uh, yes and yes for me. Uh, superhero correspondent PK here. Yes, for both for me. Um, super cool seeing them merge the Clone Wars storylines into the live action world of Star Wars, and I'm excited for you guys to check out Clone Wars if you haven't. If you haven't and you're listening, please do. It's awesome. Um, I also want to give give a shout out to Ludwig Ludwig. Gorenson, because I don't think we've given enough praise about the music mm. and the score on this pod yet, because it's amazing. Every every episode has like different but subtly similar themes, and he's been killing it with with the soundtrack. So as for me, can't wait to talk about it again in two weeks. Uh yes, two 
two very hard yeses. I am super interested interested to see how many people are now going to start watching Clone Wars after the third episode because that was a great commercial to get people to get into that series, <laughs> and I'm now interested in kind of watching it as well. So I think I might do that. And I like PK bringing up the uh, uh, Ludwig. He's that guy is seriously going to be massive. He's he works with everybody all of the stuff that you like he's doing the music for right now he does the stuff for atl with gambino and childish gambino yes yeah and like he ended up doing tenant because hans zimmer was only doing dune that was like the only movie he was not going to work with christopher nolan for and he ended up getting the job so ludwig is definitely going to be massive uh if he's not already um so i like everything about this show it's all great the special effects were insane in the fourth episode, especially with the speeder bikes. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I want to see some some new characters. I'm tired of seeing kind of like the same stuff, same planets. I just want to see all of the new stuff John Favreau <laughs> can come up with. So I'm ready for it. This is Josh from Goshen. And I love, Pat, uh, Mikey, that you brought up how the Clone Wars is going to be in such demand because rumor has it that in the very near future you only have to be a stauncher level patreon member let's go so much for so little (laughs) to get clone wars (laughs) content from this podcast so hopefully we can cash in on this mando heyday and i love both these episodes i love where the series is going um i think gus from Breaking Bad is a good boss. I think they have more secrets held back that they're going to continue revealing, too. It's all very exciting. Too hard. Vigo Mortensen yeses. Okay, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart. Um, I will give both these episodes uh, hard yeses. I like them both a lot. I just hope they stick away from... <sighs> having us learn more information than Mando does along the way. I mean, the next time we see Moff Gideon, I hope it's like face to face with, with Mando. I am really sick of seeing, uh, holograms that Mando isn't involved in. That's just me. Um, episode four is probably my favorite episode of the entire series so far. I just love the action sequences. And I think PK brought this up earlier. Mando taking out that last fighter, like just coming like head to head with it and the sound effects of the tie fighter and the razor crest was so much the shot fun. of the wide shot of them yes. like going straight at you chicken while he's doing barrels <laughs> so fucking cool so cool and like do a barrel even like <laughs> <laughs> like even happy? the people <laughs> no, even boy. the people uh <laughs> Even the people cheering on the ground, like I almost want to like cheer in my seat as well. It kind of reminded me of the yippies from episode one, even though I hate those so much. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see how this season ends. And um, anything else to add? Yippee! Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, Stevie, confirmed upcoming director for Mando. Okay, that means Baby Yoda has to get kidnapped then. The action's going to be great. Baby Yoda's a goner. <laughs> Super pumped for that. Robert um, Rodriguez. Can't see anything coming has down the. Up- plenty of space his, or plenty of giant Hispanics. So 
Mandalorian is right up his alley. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Pat, do we have anything coming down the line? Uh, well, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Predator just came out. Uh, the next movie review will be The Snowman. Uh, and then I'm not <laughs> sure what it's going to look like after that, but I can say that we are officially kicking off the process of getting ready to record our Lord of the Rings Two Towers episode. going to be Ooh. an extensive Ooh. deep dive, multiple parts. So if there's anything that you want us to talk about in the Two Towers episode, feel free to slide on into our DMs. Spoilerman will tell you about that, and we'll make sure that we cover that coming up soon. You have my sword. One other thing. We got the nicest DM of all time on Instagram from uh, uh, Miss Wutan. We won't say her full name on here, but she said mm-hmm. she's been listening to most of our backlog and would absolutely love it if we did 2011's Girl with a Dragon Tattoo by David Fincher. Um, Ooh, we just did that. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I replied, we, we did The Snowman, which is the exact same thing, but worse in every conceivable way. <laughs> and she seemed satisfied with that. So, yeah, good point, though. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Be like her. Go back, <laughs> listen to our back catalog, because that's about to go away very, very soon. So, if you want to listen to those old spoilers, now's your chance. You've been warned, Staunchers. I almost want to close out the episode with that. That was great, Pat. <laughs> Thank you. It was a great closing line. Um, thank you for listening please dm us send us message on itunes anything let us know how we're doing give us a movie to review we will do it thank you for listening to this episode take it away spoilers man spoiler man here our email is podcast spoilers at gmail.com twitter is at spoilers underscore pod Our Instagram is Podcast Spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Oh, boy. Uh, good job. editing this? this I'm sorry. Because my audio like <laughs> fucked up a couple times. You're good. I had to like, stop and start a couple times, but hopefully it doesn't sound terrible. It won't be bad. Yeah, that was fun. So let me get you the link, PK. Yeah, good job, Stevie. That was fun. Thank you. I'll right, check your oh. filters later. See ya. Stevie's See ya, Stevie. Oh, get some sleep. Yeah. See you, bud. <laughs> Stevie's fucking out. (laughs) (laughs) Got that link, PK? Yep. Did you just send it? Nice. Yeah, I'll probably edit this tomorrow. Get Predator a day or so more to breathe. It's a good episode. It's getting some plays, bro. Josh, what are you up to the next couple days? I might have to stop by Monday, okay. tomorrow or Tuesday. And if I do, I'll definitely hit you up. All right. Yeah. Let me know. I'll be there tomorrow from like nine to noon. I'm setting up stuff for basketball. So okay. just let me know. I'll be around. Josh. Yes, sir. My plan was to come up with 
the high level sections, but not write the summaries? Do you think that's a good start? I don't know, like how you even want to like. Did you watch the movie? Like, what's the best way to even start getting ready to do this? I'm at a loss. I put. On, I was going to do it today, and I had no idea where to start, so I. Uh, just can watch we, the Mandalorian again. <laughs> can we just send? Can we just have like a meeting between the two of us for like fifteen minutes, and I think we could knock it out. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I know how to do it pretty quick, but the questions about personnel—that's what's kind of confusing me. Yeah. I wouldn't want to jump in without knowing fully what I was getting into there. So I'm off all week, so you just you let me know. Have... You're off all week. Nice. Yeah. Oh and... yeah, dude. That's a that's. Let's play Rocket League. I, Definitely. I was in Fort Wayne the past couple of days, so I'm down this week. What's your your evening delight? Is that your name? Yeah, that's my gamer tag. No, I don't know Fortnite. what my Rocket League name is. No, dude. Different. You guys got to get Warzone. Warzone's Fuck fun. Warzone. You're a Warzone boy. Oh, oh no! I uninstalled dude. Modern Warfare awesome. like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> You I'd uninstalled be down it? Squad. Yeah. I hadn't played it since like season six came out or whatever. Just don't that play with Josh. He sucks at video games. He's not very good. <laughs> True as that may be, I'm, I make funny <laughs> jokes when I die. Every time I see, what's your dad's gamer tag? Fucking <laughs> on it. It makes me want to load Fortnite, but I just can't. <laughs> can't do it. So lame. He's on all the time. Alright. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. See you guys. Adios. See ya. That was spoilers.